What's up, everybody? We, we, we are yeah. back. Oasis Podcast. I, I'm, I've been thinking lately. So sometimes I listen back to the Oasis Podcast just when I'm like working out double speed, you know, just to try and recap some <laughs> of the content because I don't really like listening myself, but I like listening to you two. Oh, wow. And I've been thinking maybe I should change my intro. <laughs> okay. You know, maybe I, season, I don't mind this. Should you test out a couple things right now? <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm not ready. I'm You're not, not ready. ready for that. I don't know if you know, but I have a fear of failure, and so I'm not I'm not willing to try it on live air. But it's fine. If, you if just you stop please. it. And we'd start over. That's <laughs> anyway. true. Straight up, I just clip it like it never happened. <laughs> Bury it alongside those other intros that are deep in their stock. There's some good ones that no I wish one we had. What did I say? The digital catac- catacombs. Oh, that's good. I like that. that. That's good. It's good language. I just after affirm my own sayings. <laughs> that's nice. That's good. All right. That's good. That's nice. Amen. So what's up? I'm not ready to change it yet, but I'm thinking about it. And I've got Ben here with me. What up? And Jaina. Hello. So, original three, back at it. And the question I have to start, for you OGs. Yes. And everyone listening. I was hoping you were going to say that. For everyone listening. What's your favorite type of ice cream? Yeah, I'm going to go vanilla real quick. Just straight? Really? Not vanilla bean. You're not being sarcastic? You're being serious? 100%. Wow. Vanilla. Dang. For multiple reasons, but it's also because I am the most classic middle-aged white person there is <laughs> well can i i just <laughs> love vanilla man but i just does it I change it. if it's like out of a tub or like soft serve or yeah, like, it could but like just if my if my choices are you know anything in the world man yes. that's your choices oh. yes yep wow. just change yeah. the game yep anything in the world yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm talking, like, this is your favorite you ice get, cream. Because most, but most, right, but most but I'm not places talking, like, don't have every option in the world. Yeah, but I'm not talking, like, blizzards so either. So I've gone, like, I, no, I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hmm. within reason. Like, yeah. leave sherbets hmm. off the table. Oh, sherbet's or, so good, though. Yeah, but it's not ice <laughs> cream. But it's not ice cream. I've never had sherbet. Right. Sherbet. <laughs> Sorbet. Sure. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> sherbet. Sherbet. No, so legit. Oh. You can ask my wife. Vanilla. Okay. Vanilla. I like vanilla bean. in it? Oh, vanilla oh, bean is good. One say? time I got, the, one time I got old fashioned vanilla. Oh. I don't know if you've ever okay. had that, but it comes in a tub. Yeah, and it is. It tastes significantly different than normal than vanilla. vanilla. <laughs> which I was shocked. They use more vodka in their vanilla flavoring. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually in there? Well, that's how sometimes you can make vanilla. Is, is you that do vanilla? Called an put, old fashioned. Maybe you put. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's, that's, that's not true. I'm but that was kidding. really really good. I don't think they use vodka. <laughs> they don't use vodka. But you put vanilla beans in like a glass jar, and then you put vodka in it, and it makes and it like distills it or whatever yeah. like reverse mm. yes and it's vanilla weird. your vanilla mm. flavor or whatever that's crazy i didn't know that at least wow. that's what my mom told me do you know what's your favorite kind of ice cream well i was gonna say strawberry because it's just oh, a classic you yes. can get it anywhere classic. and i love strawberry but if i had to like man pick like anything like any flavor i love bunny tracks see which one's that is that blue bunny yep but it's got like little bits of caramel Car- that's like in, covered in, in the chocolate bunnies. yeah shaped like bunnies so and it's it, just real good and there i think there's it's salted there's caramel too. something but you're saying just in general the 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 ones that have the caramel bunnies yeah I with think vanilla so. ice cream yeah i think so okay it's got like chocolate swirls in there yes i think mine's a that's blue really one too hmm. see i like around the, it's only in december yeah they sometimes come out no it's out right now <clears throat> so it came out early november peppermint stick okay no <clears throat> it's pink Hmm. And it has the chunks of peppermint. Oh, it all I don't know about that. Candy. Yeah, but it, it, they like dissolve in your mouth. It is the best ice cream hmm. ever. See, I and I go about this answering a question like this, like what will I never get sick of? Because I love this yeah. like sea salt caramel, whatever. Oh, yeah. Sea salt caramel or like salted mm-hmm. caramel is one of my favorite flavorings in the universe. But I get <laughs> sick of it after a while. Yeah, I could 
just down vanilla ice cream and never get sick of it. Yeah, that's every probably why I would go day. strawberry. Speaking of things you get sick of, <laughs> disunity. Let's talk. About, let's talk about denomination division. <laughs> What a segue. That was so good. Someone give this man oh, an Oscar, Emmy, I apologize all, a Tony. We're not doing any music, ears, but that so. was so good. Here's where, here's where we use that initial mixer question into our topic. Like always, there's a loose affiliation. And the problem is many people treat denominations like their ice cream preference. Dang. And so mm. they have something they prefer and they like and they find just comfortable or, or whatever, and they don't really like put too much thought into it. They just pick something and they roll with it. And what we want to do with this conversation is open up just the dialogue as to what are denominations, why they exist, what's the perfect one, if that exists, like what's God's heart or his idea around denominations. And so we're going to have this conversation, but we need to start with the typical Oasis podcast definition. Mm-hmm. So guys, what's a denomination? It's the face value of a coin. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's true. I also got the definition, but it's the wrong denomination, my man. Oh, was that not what we're talking about? Today? Not what we're talking about. We're not talking about finances. And What's money? your favorite dollar bill? Oh my gosh, twenty. Most practical. Anyways, keep going. It is. If you have less than a twenty in your wallet, what are you doing? Go I have ones all the time. Go change it. Go get it's a for 20. my second job. Uh, <laughs> denominations are a recognized autonomous branch of within the Christian Church. So it's been recognized as. Sorry, we're off today. This is a fun. This I'm already having a lot of fun. I shouldn't ask about the ice cream. Yeah, you 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 started this. I do blame you. Oh, um, but it's just that's it's a recognized branch within the Christian Church, the the whole global church. Mm-hmm. There are multiple denominations, so it's recognized as a body, a group of people that yeah. have certain beliefs. Yeah, and and how many are there? Like, seriously, I feel like there's so many, but do we have yeah. ballpark number? It's, like, estimated over, like, 30,000, right? Like, a crazy high number like that. That sounds aggressive. Yeah. I mean, when sounds I was like looking it up, that's pretty much the number that gets tossed around, and really, they don't have, like, a solid number because yeah. people change what they define denominations mm-hmm. as, and so within certain sects, there's other little split-offs that can extra, and so really, when it comes down to it, it's probably close to 30,000, if not more. Yeah. But what are the biggest ones? What are the ones people think of when you say denominations? Yeah. So it said, I mean, the estimate right now is around, what, 2.6, 2.7 billion Christians yeah. mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. The biggest one is Catholicism, which is about half with 1.3 billion. Um, you got your Baptist denomination, which even within there, there's multiple different types of Baptist denominations. You got Lutheran denominations. There's a couple in there. Reformed denomination, Methodist, um, and then there's Pentecostal. And then all these are mainly the top ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Lutheran, 80 million. Reformed, 70 million. Methodist, 70 million. Pentecostal, 280 million. So even within Pentecostal, you have Church of God, you have Assembly of God, you have a four-square denomination, all those totaling 280 million. Mm -hmm. But even in that, there's multiple denominations within the denomination. (laughs) Yeah. So there's just some of the ones. So if you're like, hey, I don't even know what a denomination is. Either there's a definition. It's a recognized Mm -hmm. sect or branch or... Uh, a group of Christian churches. And then from there, some of the names that you might hear are, are those that Ben just said. So now I need to ask this bigger question. Why do they exist? Like, why do at this point we have some, say, 30,000 plus different denominations? I'm going to spin it in a positive way, and then, Brennan, you can spin it the more <laughs> negative way. <laughs> so I like to say, and I thought about it this way a little bit, is... This is how I would answer if I was having a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. I think both these reasons, the three that we're going to say are the real reasons. But one I would say is we have different denominations because we're all really different people. 
like the reality of like what tends to work for me isn't doesn't necessarily work for someone else. And mm-hmm. I and here's why I spin that positively is I think there's beauty in how God created us all differently. And so there are differences in how I worship. Even and then we get into the reality of there are different denominations because there are different biblical interpretations of scripture. Yeah. Which so I think an easy definition of like or like explanation is denominations exist because of differences in uh, and disagreements over belief and practice. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what Ben was just talking about is like a lot of different denominations practice different things different. Uh, that was a lot of difference, <laughs> but they also just believe different things about different biblical passages and interpretations. And so if we were to trace Christian history, we start with Jesus. He is. That's a great way to start. Well, yeah. I mean, you should start with. Adam and Eve. Well, he did say Christian, Christian history. Well, I'm history. Just, that is technically our history. So, well, yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to start with like the first Christian, debatably, Peter? Probably not Jesus. He was Jewish. No, Jesus was definitely not Christian. Because they weren't even called, they were called Christians as an insult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't yes. even know who you'd qualify as the first Christian. I think but that's a great question. The early church is... All those who said that Jesus was a Messiah and the King and God. There, there you go. go. <laughs> and so they become Christians, and so that's the church. From there, they exist for a period of time. They have these ecumenical councils, these large group gatherings where people would decide theology and doctrine and belief. It's where you get the Apostles' Creed. It's where you get the Nicene Creed. It's where you get these foundational Christian um, documents and and, uh, theological layouts. From there, you have a major schism, which happens over just a couple of different beliefs and their interpretations of Scripture and how the church should function. And you split Catholicism, Roman Catholic Church, from Eastern Orthodox Church, and that's the first major schism. Then you have a period of time, and then from that, splits out of the Catholic uh, tradition, there's the Lutheran, and that's what we call the Reformation. Mm -hmm. And then from there, the Reformation becomes this catalytic moment where Martin Luther empowers the people with the Word of God. And so up until that point, it wasn't normalized for people to be able to read the Word of God themselves. It was often not translated to their normal languages. It was written just in Latin and so for the Catholic Church side. And so there wasn't the opportunity for people to study the Scriptures on their own. And that was one of the big things that he was looking to reform, Martin Luther, when he did this. And so he did that. He translated it to German, and from German, we eventually, in 1496, get the, the printing press. The printing press pumps out Bibles in all kinds of different languages all over the well, world. Yeah, and even in 15, well, fifteen seventeen, you have the Reformation. Yeah. So, so they have the 95 Theses. In 1940, whatever, William Tyndale translated it into English. Okay, there you which go. Which then, yes, the printing press, which then gave it to the mass. You yeah. said 1940. 1540. Sorry. Oh, 1540. I was like, what? 1540. That's a good catch. I was just going to roll with it. Because you had this reformation. Then from there, it was like, oh, there's different theological beliefs, which is what Lutheran brought. And then from there, even before the Bible became mass to everyone, there you have Calvinism. So from John Calvin, he came Mm -hmm. out. Wrong language, maybe. (laughs) Um, But then also you have the Anglican Church splitting from the Catholic Church for a ridiculous reason. That doesn't make any sense. And then the Bible comes out, and then all of a sudden there's opportunity because the Bible's to the masses Mm -hmm. what you're just talking about. Yeah, and and the beauty of it is the Bible, the Word of God, was given back to the people of God, which is Mm -hmm. a good thing. However, there in a lot of big 
world changes, history changes, there can be negative byproducts. So mm-hmm. when the word of God is given to the people of God to be understood and uh, studied through the Holy Spirit, that led to different interpretations on each personal level. Mm-hmm. So I can sit here and read a passage of scripture, and so can Ben and Jaina, yeah. and based on our biblical hermeneutics, which is a fancy word for our lens in which we read the text, based on our life experience, based on who we are as people and what we believe and how we're wired, we can read the text different. And so we can come to different conclusions. And so if the three of us were leading different churches, we might decide to build our church based on a different passage of scripture that we interpret different from other people Mm -hmm. at the table. And so there's the beauty in that, that God can speak to us individually through his word, but there's also a harm in that, that there's less unity on some of these divisive gray area kind of topics so you have the multiple denominations the splits Mm -hmm. the disagreements but in that what's beautiful is we may all have three if we go each three of us go Mm -hmm. plan our own different church and maybe we stay within the western denomination for whatever reason it's like well we can have a different expression of what church looks like and still be connected, mm-hmm. which is what's the beauty of a denomination. Mm-hmm. Is there still connection there? There's a point of emphasis on like, here's what this denomination means, and I'm choosing to follow underneath the authority of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's differences, mm-hmm. and that's where we get into the next question. Then the question, yeah, it becomes, <laughs> should they exist? Yeah. Like we're at this point where it's probably not probable to reverse and go back to one universal church, one Catholic, because Catholic in the Apostles' Creed means universal. universal. It's probably not probable, but should where we're at, is that okay? Like, there are all these denominations, there's all these beliefs, there's all these practices, there's a hundred different camps you can go be a part of. Like, what do we think? I mean, if we can't reverse it, Part of what we can do is try to redeem the negativity of it mm. or the the bad parts of it, and so we can work to be. I can't think of the word that I want to use, but have unity among denominations, even yeah. in our differences. Yeah, um, to have respect and honor, and even try to work towards unity. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. So here, let me re- reframe. <laughs> let me reframe the question. What do you think if you got to answer? Based on what you know about God, the worst. <laughs> based on what you know about God, not as if you're God, but as people who study and follow and love Him, what do you think God thinks about denominations? I think God is pro because of the disputable disputable differences that are good, and He absolutely hates that there's disunity amongst His people and His family. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so, flush that out for me in like a practical way. Uh, even in the Jewish realm. Like there were reasons that there were Sadducees and Pharisees mm-hmm. and there was different Jewish sects or denominations, you yeah. could argue, because of different theological beliefs. It's to the point where, so that's okay. So even in the Christian world, I think it's okay that there, I can interpret a certain scripture or a certain, even how to do worship, how to do the elements, how to mm-hmm. do communion, how to do baptism. Mm-hmm. And we can have differences in those things because... They're dispute, and, and we say disputable, and I say disputable because of what we're going through at Grace Point Church right now, what Pastor Steve's preaching through Romans. And I think it's those are okay. It's we're going to have disputable things that we just disagree on. It's how we've, what hurts the heart of God is how we've gone about being divisive mm-hmm. in our disagreement. Mm-hmm. And in that, it's our, I think, in more of our divisiveness and how we don't, as Jana said, respect and honor one another that breaks God's heart, that we are not unified. Because I think we can be unified and have 20 different types of churches within Brookings, 
but B, I, I want to pray blessing over that church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how are we together lifting up the name of Jesus and making disciples? And yeah. so I think there's just, that's what breaks God's heart is when there's the bashing and the negati- negativity of how do we talk about other churches and mm-hmm. nations that are different than us. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit away from just our outline here order. You guys don't see it, but I want to prep you two for this question. <laughs> but what about if you've like grown up in a denomination and you feel like you have some allegiance or like you have an affiliation to a denomination? How do you go about navigating that in the midst of all these other choices? Like how do you love, feel, care, and support yeah champion others when you're like yes i'm in this one and i feel right in this one i want to hear your answer because i feel like you have the most experience in this room i mean kind probably of, right? yeah just based off of the past history <clears throat> maybe not because what did know. you grow up Gina? What's you're looking at me or brennan uh brennan sorry <laughs> okay. but what did you i'm just trying to get affirmation yeah, yeah. from you with your eyes uh is no this you're right <laughs> is this the right direction <laughs> um i grew up in a non-denom church okay okay but my family is all entirely wesleyan okay so that was we're gonna a big dive influence. into that in yep. a second. And then, so what, do you, Brennan? <laughs> I grew up Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Was confirmed in the Lutheran church, and then kind of walked away from church. I came back to Jesus in a Reformed youth group, and so was a part of that. Served in that. Loved that church. Loved the pastor and the community they had built there. Then when I came to college, I got plugged into Grace Point and did a lot here at this Wesleyan yeah. church, which is three different denominations in yeah. your life. Yeah. So what are you, how would you answer this question in denominational allegiance with your parents? Well, your I think some people would point to me as a bad example of it, okay. mm-hmm. you know, cause like you don't have a denominational allegiance because mm-hmm. you haven't been rooted and established in one for mm-hmm. a long period yeah. of time. So I asked this question more for someone who maybe grew up in Lutheranism. Cause that's kind yeah. of a typical um, one around our part. And so, like, they grew up in that. They enjoyed that. They Their family still does that. They come to college, and they're like, do I need to go to the Lutheran church? Mm-hmm. Or, like, they move somewhere else after college, and they're like, okay, I've always done the Lutheran church. Am I – is it wrong do I go to, to go to another mm-hmm. church? Is mm-hmm. it okay? Like, yeah. and some of that allegiance, I mean. And, like, I try not to say allegiance in a bad way because gotcha. it's not yeah. it's not necessarily yeah. bad as I, long as you're connected with a loving mm-hmm. Jesus Bible teaching church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but for me – what I was able to do was I was able to go to churches that did exactly that. Yeah. They loved mm-hmm. me. They loved God even more than they loved me. And they taught the Bible. And when it comes down to it, if you can find those three things, I think it could become really, really simple. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in a Reformed church, yeah, when I look back on it, some of their theological ideas and their practices I, I now would disagree with. Mm-hmm. But when I was in that season of my life, those were not things we were commonly chatting about nor were they things they were pushing on me. They were focused on the scriptures and life transformation and loving and following and following Jesus. Yep. Like that's what matters. Yep. And so I was able to be mm-hmm. a part of that church. And yep. that's what I, when I came to Grace Point and I came to Brookings, one, I looked for a community that I could be a part of who sees me and values me. And that's why I loved Oasis and got, a, got to be a part of here. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I went to Sunday morning, I just week after week for probably the first couple of months sat there and I, I listened to the teaching and I thought, oh, is what they're teaching biblical? And is it helpful to me in yeah. some ways, you know, is there, are they doing what, what I feel like a church should do? Should, are they equipping me as a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. And after a while, I just, I stopped feeding that through like a constant like loop or like constant filter because I learned to trust the pastors and I learned to trust what the church was about. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's why I continue to be a part of the Wesleyan church because yeah. to mm-hmm. this day, I haven't found something that to me is glaringly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even to go back to your initial question of if I'm if I'm leaving home, right? Yeah. High school going to college. Yeah. Yep. I'm growing up Lutheran. 
I think so much of it can be dictated, and some of these questions we'll talk about, by past experience. Also, what you're looking for, and again, this is a mm -hmm. conversation we'll have a little later, of the idea of preference and priority and what that should look like. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but should you stay? Maybe. Can you go to something different? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the that's where mm -hmm. we would lean on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. So then here's this other question I want to ask. What if I've had a bad experience with a certain denomination? So maybe I grew up Catholic. I grew up Wesleyan. Yeah. And I just my home church, I don't felt like they taught the Bible yes. Bible. I didn't feel loved there. I felt like the pastoral staff was questionable in character. There was people in the church who had all these issues. So I had a bad experience with this certain denomination. What would you guys say to that? I mean, every church, every denomination is unique in and of itself. And so you may have a bad experience in a specific church of a specific denomination that if you went to another church in that same denomination, you might have a completely different experience. Yeah. Um, ben has a really good analogy for this. That yeah, I ate an share. apple once and it had a worm in it, so I, I think oh all apples are terrible for us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, no. but even, like, what we tend to do as humans is we tend to, in our experience, then um umbrella that with yeah. any type of connection so it's the doctor analogy as brennan eloquently puts it this idea of like if i go to the doctor and have a bad experience usually most of us hopefully hopefully yeah. it's like well i'm not i'm never going to go to a doctor again because they're all terrible mm -hmm. um my wife's great she's a pa <laughs> she's a provider she does great things and good things uh but yeah because you've had a bad experience with a certain denomination, usually what that means is you've had a bad experience with a certain person. Yeah. And one, some not pastors are human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some pastors are not good at their, in every profession, there's really great and there's really bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there's a lot in the middle. That's mm -hmm. just the reality yep. of it. And so it's how do you try to not allow the bad experience to dictate then future experiences with different people. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say. It's like, how do you not allow potentially a bad experience with this denomination to dictate then what you're able to press into? Cause maybe yeah. like you had a terrible, terrible experience with a Lutheran church growing up so, and, and, or a pastor and you just happened to be in a Lutheran church. Say you move to a small town where there's only two types of churches and you lean more, but you know a little bit of your theology, you know what you like and they have more preferences of what you like and worship and all that and style, whatever. And it happens to be a Lutheran church, but that's where you feel like you could worship best. Like, are you going to allow what happened to you in a Lutheran church before to stop you from being able to worship well in the community that you're called mm -hmm. to now? Yeah. Yeah, and in that, I feel like, and people are going to be like, well, you were part of the church, so, but in some ways, we need to recognize what the church is supposed to be, that the church mm -hmm. is supposed to be a congregation people. of people yeah. who are sinners yeah. and broken and who are looking for healing and a savior. Mm -hmm. And so we get a part of Christian community and we're like, well, they're not perfect, or they hurt me, or this pastor wasn't didn't do exactly what I wanted, or this community group I have this scar from. And so I... And find the line. Like, if it's not healthy, yeah. try something else. Yes. Yep. Like, there's always probably going to be another church somewhere. You might have to drive a little bit for mm -hmm. it, but you can always almost find another church. But also give grace to the church yeah. as an organization because we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And we're, mm -hmm. I don't think we're meant to be. Yep. We're supposed yeah. to be pursuing perfection in the image of Christ, but we're not yet there. And so it becomes this both and. But the doctor, the apple analogy is nice. Thank you. Yeah. Back to my. <laughs> Probably more original question. <laughs> when people sit here and they listen to the Oasis podcast, we're not super throwing out our denomination. Like, it's not like the Oasis blank podcast, you know? <laughs> well, what are we a part of? 
Yeah. We are, uh, Oasis is the College and Young Adult Ministry of Grace Point Church. If somehow you've missed that, there's your there's your insight. Um, and so Grace Point as a church is part of the Wesleyan denomination. Um, and so at Oasis, we are Wesleyan. Well, there you go. Well, Jaina, <laughs> let's go. test you. Okay. Where do Wesleyans oh, come from? <laughs> the Wesleyan <laughs> church was a, the denomination that we know it of today was originally established in 1968. Get it. That's when it merged with the Pilgrim Holiness Movement yes. to form the Wesleyan Church. Um, prior to that, and going back quite a few years, I don't know all the dates, um, originally it came from the Methodist Movement. Um, so John Wesley, where we get the Wesleyan name, was also the founder of the Methodist Movement. And the original split um, for the Wesleyans to begin their own thing was based on uh, issues of slavery and what the church was or wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, those and are our roots. Methodism comes back to Anglicanism, yeah. and Anglicanism yeah. which goes is now back like to Catholicism. When you hear like Episcopal, that is an Anglican yeah. branch mm-hmm. or root. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. the go. Anglican Church split from the Catholic Church because the king wanted to divorce his wife, and the Pope wouldn't <laughs> let him. So he's like, "I'm going to cream out. I don't want to. We're getting into it." Yeah. We, <laughs> and then John Wesley, who is the father of the Methodist, which is so weird to say it like that, yeah. one of mm-hmm. the Methodist movement, which is yeah. where the Wesleyan denomination came, came from. Of, yeah. It's like that was in 1738. It's good mm-hmm. things, man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So what do Wesleyans believe? A lot of stuff, man. <laughs> like if people are listening, they're like, I didn't even know you were Wesleyan Church or like... What is Wesleyan? I've yeah, what is what? I've never... Because we're a fairly small denomination. <laughs> yeah, very, fairly uh, a very, very small. Yeah, we yeah. clearly did not make the top six or whatever we read earlier. <laughs> well, I, and I'm looking at a timeline of one that has 20 different denominations here. Wesleyan's not on it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I think we are. We're small. I think it's one of the most newest that's not the right way to organize those <laughs> words but <laughs> it's the freshest it's, it's yeah i mean 1968 not that long ago no but what is it like w- yeah. if people are looking and like what makes you different or distinct from mm. methodism lutheranism and just give us a couple ideas that are kind of traditional wesleyan ideas yeah and the number one that comes to mind is entire sanctification which we did a mm-hmm. podcast on which is number Episode 50. Brennan memorized them all over the week, so he knows them all. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a good doctrine. I yeah. like it. There's even within the Westland world and denomination, there's different views of what entire yep. sanctification means, which we Go talk back, about. Go back, listen to episode 50. 50. And then yeah. the next one is, I think we emphasize and try to prioritize and we can do better in it, is mm-hmm. women in ministry. Yep. Episode yeah. 22. Brennan, see, I told you. So we were feeding you Wesleyan beliefs. You didn't even know it. Which one was Whoa. the identity podcast? Oh, boy. Oh, it's pretty early. It's like two. I was surprised yeah. you just didn't say number one. Is it number one? I think so. Oh, yeah, it might have been number one. I, <laughs> I don't, don't remember. So. Anyway, top five for sure. Go. Top yeah. five. Top five. There you go. <laughs> but here's the thing. When it comes to these two beliefs, there are churches all across the world who will also affirm varying mm-hmm. degrees and aspects of that. These are just two that seem to make us different when someone comes to us and they're like, hey, I grew up in this. Like, what would you say is different in Wesleyan theology? And I usually point people to these two because they're a little bit more distinct to who we are as our DNA. Mm -hmm. But here's where it comes in, and I feel like this is important to say, that across Protestant denominations, so Protestant is anything that came from the Reformation. So anything that's not Catholic. Mm-hmm. All of that, those denominations are about, and I'm ballparking this, I would say 95 to 98% identical in theology yeah. and in practice, what we believe and what we do. 
it's that mm-hmm. 5% that causes all of these disagreements. It's the disputable matters for a lot of mm-hmm. things that cause the splits and the divides and the different denominations. And so if you're a part of a Lutheran church and you're a part of a Wesleyan church, like the the we, what we have in common is so much farther far greater than what we have different. Yeah. It's just how do we process some of those differences to see what we're willing to submit to and continue to to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Let's chat yeah. non-denominational. Yeah. Jaina? Non-denom. Fill us in. You grew up new, grew non-denominational. Up non-denominational. <laughs> this keeps getting thrown around yeah. in Christian circles, and I don't know how, how long this has been around, a decent amount, but mm-hmm. there are 100 million Christians that identify as non-denominational. Yeah. And so what does that even mean? So really what that means is that that church is independent of any denominational structure or allegiance. Um, and so usually that means sometimes like – Non-denominational churches will be in like a partnership with other churches, but they're not a denomination. They're smaller, usually independent. Um, But what that doesn't mean is that they don't hold specific beliefs Mm -hmm. and um, practices. Practices. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Um, So honestly, a lot of the time what happens is that whatever tradition or education that senior pastor has in that's what influences that church. So like growing up in a non-denominational church, I asked my pastor once, like what, where, like denominationally, where would you say you stand? And he grew up, I believe he said like Church of God. So a lot of his teaching and his practices, his understanding comes from his background in that, Mm -hmm. but the church itself was not part of the Church of God denomination. Yeah. So usually it just means they're a little bit more independent and that has positives and negatives yeah so what are what is that i mean yeah. they get a pretty good rap where people are yeah. like yeah is this a non-denominational church i don't want to mm-hmm. i don't want to get tied up in the politics and structure <laughs> and money that is denominations yeah. so i'd rather participate in a non-denominational church mm-hmm. because they're more free yeah but is that true or like how do how do you I think it depends on how the, the the church is so independently run within its own congregation so it just depends mm-hmm. on the church and why i think it's such a big deal right now is if you look at the past 20 years in in mega church world the majority of them are not denominational mm. hillsong is not denominational mm-hmm. willow creek in illinois is not denominational gateway in texas where carrie job came from is not denominational mm-hmm. um you have i don't know i could probably think of other ones if i think about it lakewood is not denominational yeah. the biggest church in america mm-hmm. so i think that brings some form of sexiness to it is just the growth within non-denominational churches maybe so what's the benefit of being a part of a denomination if we have all these huge churches that are seeming Mm -hmm. to have success outside of the structure outside of the politics and the governance of like what what do we see as benefits of being a part of something like this i think of resource and relationship yep so it's non-denominational churches because are independent within themselves don't have access to a larger body and organization. Um, so I say resource, maybe it's helped to plant churches, you know, maybe or different stuff like that, but also relationally and this idea of accountability, like you have to be incredibly intentional within a non-denominational church. And, and some have done it really, really well to have good accountability where like for us, pastor Steve, who's our lead pastor is not accountable just to himself. He has a denomination over him, people over him, superiors over him that check in. And that bring accountability, but also it's an outside body be able to come in to check health of the church. If there's conflict, they help with that stuff. That's good. Boom. Yeah. Okay, here's another question. So someone comes to you and they want to pick a denominational fight. (laughs) 
and they're really passionate and allegiant to their denomination, and they think they're right, and they think yours is wrong, and they just want to fight about it. Like, what do you do with that situation? Yeah, probably just start an exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, can you cut that? (laughs) Kyle. (laughs) I won't enter into divisive. If I I can tell immediately they want to be divisive, I'm not going to enter into the conversation right there without some sort of relationship with the person. Mm. I just have chosen to do that, and that just isn't on denominational things. That's with theological issues Mm -hmm. i just you don't know me well so even if i try to explain my beliefs explain why i'm within the western denominations like you don't know me well enough or my heart to be able to disagree with me well especially Mm -hmm. if you're coming with an attitude of divisiveness Mm -hmm. so i just i don't want to enter into those conversations because i don't see fruit from it i have had and and there have been some great conversations um when i was i was serving in a method united methodist church before I came here and we've had some good, we had good conversations about the United Methodist church and even the differences within that and what that looks like. And so, but I was able to have good conversations with people who like, how do we disagree well with each other in these things? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to enter into a fight cause I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard some people just talk about like, if, if you find someone coming to pick a fight, let them win the fight, just let them win yeah. and then let it be. Cause they're not coming to, to be changed or yeah. to, to learn. They're just coming to fight. Yeah. A classic response is, Oh, that's interesting. but but what if someone like a protestant comes up to a catholic and they're like you're not going to heaven because you don't believe salvation by faith or like something along those lines which debatably wrong or right like that exact phrase that i said but like how how do you go about that you know someone is telling someone else they're not getting into heaven or their their church is corrupt or they're leading people astray how do you walk through some of that again it's not a, here's a one statement, one question thing I can ask and all of a sudden it's going to be fixed. Mm. This is a long-term conversation if the person's willing to have it. But it's immediately what that brings to it is a tone of disunity and divisiveness and of a tearing down of someone else, whether you believe they're Christian or not, even if they go to a Christian church. Like the whole idea of how we are supposed to operate within the global church the big C, all denominations, is the lifting up and building up of one another towards maturity in Christ. That's in mm-hmm. Ephesians, right? And so even in that tone, I would I would push back and say, like, why do you have to go there immediately, one? And then two, try to put ourselves in the place of judge when we are not judge, especially in someone else's soul and salvation, mm-hmm. is so inappropriate and not what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's just not what we're called to because we don't ultimately know one people's heart. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've met anyone outside of Aaron who knows every little theological belief in every <laughs> denomination. Yeah, serious. And so it's like, we just don't know what people actually believe. Mm-hmm. What about, and now I'm asking other random questions, but <laughs> what a, should I be trying to convert other people to my denomination? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, what if I got like a Catholic <laughs> friend and like, yeah. they might love Jesus, but I just don't think they're practicing right and I don't <laughs> love what their church does. Like, should I try to convert them to my <laughs> denomination? Oof. I mean, hold to your convictions, but also check those convictions, you know, and and recognize that your convictions might not be the same for other people. So can you enter into relationship and conversation and talk about that and maybe even have a conversation like to use your example of like why your friend is part of the Catholic Catholic Mm -hmm. Church and what's significant to them? I think one of the best things I've ever done is to be friends with someone who's a Catholic and loves it and has the heart and the understanding behind it to say, we disagree on these things, but I know they love Jesus mm-hmm. and they're worshiping him and growing in relationship with him. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay they're in a different denomination. Good. Yeah, I'm not preaching the gospel of Wesleyanism. 
Yeah. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus. So you, I know many Catholics who love Jesus and mm-hmm. are going to heaven based off their faith in Jesus, his life, but, death, and resurrection. But do you know a bunch of Baptists that love Jesus? <laughs> no, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in, in every denomination. And we, again, we don't put our place in the position of judge, of God, mm-hmm. to be able to say, you're saved, you're not. Mm-hmm. But in every denomination, there are people who both are saved and not. Yeah. And it's not our, my job to figure out who those are. It's our job to lift up the name of Jesus, share the gospel well, preach the gospel, preach life, death, resurrection uh, of Jesus. That, that's, that's the kingdom of God. Like, I'm not advancing the Westland kingdom. Last I'm question then. Here, here it comes. Last question. Here we go. But isn't there some things that are true and right? So like if we're going to sit here and we're going to be like, we believe in women in ministry. Yeah. And there's denominations out there that yes. are not affirming women in ministry. Yes. Don't we believe that's wrong? And why would we let our brothers and sisters walk in darkness or de- you know deception <laughs> of this idea that they're wrongly interpreting the Bi- interpreting the Bible? And some people might say that to us too. Yes, they might say, they, "I don't be- do. I believe in women in ministry," and so you are having a woman preach on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, and therefore I think you're leading those people wrong. And I would rather have my denomination be the one that you're a part of because I feel like we do that right. Like, I don't want us to, I don't want someone to listen to this and be like, well, truth doesn't matter, you know? And so all of a sudden you can be a part of whatever you want as long as you can worship there. It doesn't really matter if like they teach this or this wrong. Mm -hmm. I would still go back to how can you disagree well? Mm -hmm. Disagreeing well doesn't mean you don't have conviction. Doesn't mean that you don't stand up for truth, right? Mm -hmm. And so in, again, disputable matters talk what is the priority? Like what, what is the priority? Um, I've had some good conversations with people who going back to the idea of women in ministry, who I believe that women are called to and should be in ministry. And I have some close friends who don't believe that. And we've talked about it and we've given the reasons why. And we, and we pointed to, here's my, here's where, where the scripture says this. And it's in that we were able to, it's not even a agree to disagree thing. It's you are holding your conviction strong. I'm not entering into a conversation to try to change your mind, mm. but I'm going to tell you what I believe because my goal isn't again to win an argument. It's to recognize, do I know why I believe what I believe and why I do it? Like even in this, like, am I going to excommunicate my son from our family? If he starts to go into a denomination in a church that doesn't <laughs> believe in women in yes. ministry. No, <laughs> like I will talk with them about it. It's like, wow, man, how did you get there? Let's talk about this. And if we disagree, like I'm be like, I really disagree with that. I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would hate that. You know, like I say hate because I'm an extremist. Yeah, yeah. you would strongly <laughs> dislike that. I wouldn't like it. I just yeah. wouldn't. But that's not, uh, in some aspects, a main thing. Mm-hmm. How infant baptism is not a main, like the, the real top, Jesus is God. What do we believe about the Trinity? How are we saved? Mm-hmm. By grace through faith. Like those are the mains. Okay, let's agree there and then let's try to have a good conversation how we disagree with Let's them. go there mm-hmm. because... Some people listening to this are maybe in a season of transition or they're not sure, quite sure where they should be worshiping or they're looking to the future and they're looking to pick a new church when they move and they transition from college or young adult life. Like in that, how do you encourage someone to pick a denomination and what should that process be? What are they looking for? I wouldn't even start with how do you pick a denomination. I would say in your local setting, what churches are there? Mm. Start going. And, when you, and, and church shop, it sounds so terrible. But if you're going to a new location... Yes, go to the, go to their website. See what they believe. What are their top ten things that they say in their beliefs? 
And from there, you'll probably see a web or a, a link to a website of their denominational beliefs, yep. which is fine. Mm-hmm. Then you can go into that. But so much more is about as I'm entering into this, are they helping me or not helping me and how I can worship and connect with God in a corporate setting? Is there opportunity for me to feel seen, heard and belonged mm-hmm. and to be a part of the community? And then are they do they emphasize love for God and love for people? And what does it look like that? How are they reaching out to the mm-hmm. community? That's what I push into. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And and so much of it is that, yeah, local churches, because our role of preference can change in each church, not even each denomination. So some people come to Grace Point and they say, oh, you're a Wesleyan church and this is how you worship. And so then they go to Indiana, mm-hmm. which is like the hub of Wesleyan churches, and they find a ton of Wesleyan churches that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they worship in a more traditional, conservative, smaller setting than we do. And they're like, what the heck? I thought Wesleyanism mm-hmm. was that other thing. Yes. But it does vary so much from church to church. And so mm-hmm. it comes down to, in your local setting, what churches are available and what who teaches the Bible and loves Jesus really well and can help you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I, I actually had, I had someone come to me and they were like, hey, this is what I grew up and I know you guys are Wesleyan and can you tell me just some of the differences? And I was able to sit down and kind of look at what they believed and look at what I believed and I came back to them. And so you can ask those kind of questions. If you grew mm-hmm. up Lutheran and then you go to a local church somewhere and they're Methodist and you're like, hey, like I just would love to know the differences here, like chat with a local pastor. They should be yeah. able to answer at least some of those mm-hmm. questions for you. So last question, here it is. Boy. Is there a perfect denomination? You know it. The undivided church, back before the great schism. <laughs> there you go. Was it? Probably not. No, it actually wasn't. The answer is no. No, it wasn't. Yeah, the answer is no. No. Yeah. There is no perfect denomination. As much as someone might want to tell you the denomination is perfect, when we get to heaven, I feel like we're all going to find that there's flaws in what we believed and yes. what we practiced. Mm-hmm. Every. But that's yes. where grace comes in. Yes. And yeah. That's where when we're faithfully trying to follow Jesus, when we are giving our all in trying to, to read his word in light of the Holy Spirit, like we, God's grace is, is sufficient for the mistakes that mm-hmm. we do make because we're human. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you guys want to add? Uh, I think just the idea of d- allow yourself to hear and, how am I saying this? Allow your inputs when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to thoughts and theology about Jesus and the church to have different voices and inputs. So like cross over and denominate, like hear and mm-hmm. let's see what oh, other yeah, yeah, people yeah. believe. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like right now, the biggest, one of the biggest and the most encouraging voices that I have had in the last six months is a guy by the name of Henry Nowen, who's a Catholic priest, but he's great. So like what mm-hmm. I'm reading, like it just has been super encouraging for my mm-hmm. soul. Yeah, I almost forgot yeah. to say that. Yes, you can absolutely cross over. So, like, if you go to a, a Wesleyan church, but you want to listen to a pastor preach from a Lutheran church, like, sometimes filter, not sometimes, every time yes. you hear someone speak, yeah. filter that through your biblical lens and that be willing to have conversations on where you feel like there's disagreement or inaccuracy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can read books or listen to podcasts or watch sermons or interact with people from different denominations because we would highly encourage that because yeah. it helps shape and form you. If you just sit around a table with a lot of other like-minded people who also believe exactly what you believe, there's very little growth to be had there sometimes. So, mm-hmm. Sweet. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you learned something about what we believe but also about Christian denominations in general. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.